that's a triple play. New episodes, I can't wait. Yeah. Open your mind at the first gate. Press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the AOA show. My name's Isaiah, and I'm here today with my boy, Gavin. Yo, what's good? And uh, again, if you guys have seen our reaction video, you'll know that today, unfortunately, Ian is not here with us, so we are two men in it. Just me and Gavin. Oh, yeah. Uh, the biggest Sword Art fans probably oh, in the yeah, actual group. Exactly. Um, <laughs> which is great, because we're here today to talk mm-hmm. about episode 18 of Fuck Sword Art yeah. Online, Underworld. Yep. Um, yeah, so anyway, so this episode is, it's not very exposition heavy, but I think what works about it is this is like the ultimate payoff, right? Where it's like you had all the episodes that were leading up to this sort of like really doing their due diligence and work to set the scene for mm-hmm. this. I mean, this episode, it was straight like emotional gut punch after emotional gut punch and then like payoff at the end, yep. which was like just just great, just straight great. Oh, 100%, yeah, and, it, and it's like... Dude, words can't describe where, you know, obviously this whole point we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting. And, you know, we obviously it was very apparent that he had to wake up this episode. It was fucking named memories. Like you (laughs) knew that he was going to wake up like it it wasn't a matter of just if it was when. So what was really hard was, you know, we mentioned it in the live reaction. But before when we were talking about it, it it really did weigh on how they were going to wake up Kirito in the matter that they did, because this is obviously the biggest build up moment almost to, like, this end of the... Like, ever since this whole fighting shit went awry, like went awry since he's been asleep, the biggest lead-up is when he's waking up. Like, that moment. And it has to be done in a way that, A, is just visually amazing, and B, sure, yeah, it yeah. has to have the bar raised so much higher to when that moment that he wakes up, it's just, like, bad shit is going to be going down, and how are they going to build it up? And is it just going to be, like, a random thing where he sees Asuna getting her ass beat and he wakes up? Or does some, like, one of his other friends need to be, like, iced and then he wakes up? Like, at what moment were they right, going to, yeah, like, yeah. like marry the two together and, like, proceed it going forward? And the way that they actually did it in this episode in terms of execution, I honestly thought it was really good. Like, I... There were so many ways I feel that they could have messed it up. However, they didn't. And I'm kind of happy that it's the case. Like, it's a weird thing to say. Like, I'm really happy that they didn't mess it up. But there's so many shows that, like, they build up to a moment like this and they just don't execute it properly. Or it's, like, very exposition heavy where the whole episode is, like, in Kirito's mind. And, you know, he's going, like, this, like, push and pull sort of dynamic. And it's, like, when are you going to wake up? Like, oh, my God, it's been 20 minutes. Like, I don't want to watch this anymore. But instead, I feel like they focus less on that. Like, they give you a little teaser in the beginning where, you know, he was walking through, you know, Japan and, you know, he was running into people in random spots. Well, not really running into people. They were in the background. Like you saw Yu-Gi-Oh, you saw Alice and people like that. And that was a buildup moment, which went right into fighting and, you know, where their current situation is at in the underworld. And then after like 15 minutes of that, like of that shit going on, which we'll talk about later, it finally led to, you know, around five ish minutes, maybe seven of his in the mental state, which we'll also talk about in a few in which like, for me, it made it more, 
it made it more pleasurable when we finally got to that moment because you're sure, like, this is what course. we've been waiting for. And it was very short, sweet to the point. Honestly, like made me feel a weird way inside, especially when he started ripping himself out, you know? Yeah, and it like, yeah. it really brought that suspense to the next level to when he woke up. I was like, dude, let's fucking go. Like, yeah. I'm ready. Just go I think ahead. I think the word is pacing. This episode exactly. pacing was really well. And I think generally overall they've done that. I mean, I know like people have been like, you know, I've been on Twitter like memeing like, or like, you know, basically like upset or whatever about like, all right, when is Kirito going to wake up? But I do genuinely think that through the late, the latter half of this season, um, the pacing has been done really well. Mm -hmm. I think as far as like showing the Kirito moments that we did get where it's like, you know, it does reestablish and reaffirm the fact that he is like alive while he's not conscious or maybe like moving and stuff that he is still there Mm -hmm. uh, at least somewhat. And also I think it did well to like really sort of, uh, hammer home sort of the impact that this leaves on Kirito's group, right? Because exactly. I yep. think one of Kirito's, you know, uh, one of the things that he gets knocked the most for is that he's kind of like just Mary Sue, like OP protagonist that doesn't mm-hmm. really have, and I think this episode does a lot, at least it did for me, to like really affirm the fact that like Kirito has been through some shit, right? And I think exactly. w- when you think about his past, specifically how it's related to this game, it's easy to forget how many times and exactly like the kind of trauma that it put on him to 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 do and go through the the, the mm-hmm. situations he went through. Um, so let's just we'll go through the episode and, and take it apart here. So yeah. at the beginning we have Poe who's basically just strutting his bullshit and, mm-hmm. and you know he's on his fucking Eiffel Tower here. I'm gonna kill every nigga in this in this world and yep. and whatnot. Um, and he's basically like, all right, Kirito's not waking up, so I'm gonna just start icing people until Kirito does wake up because mm-hmm. that'll work. Um, and he goes to pick up one of the random soldier dudes, and then that's when Asuna, who gets a little, you know, a little Zenkai boost from our girl Yuki uh, from season two or season one, um, you know, Asuna gets up and she's like, "Fuck it, I gotta, I gotta make a stand here. I yep. gotta get up." So she starts going to town on um, Poe, who very quickly sort of overwhelms and overpowers her, mm-hmm. and basically has a speech about how much he loves being in the underworld as opposed to the other games that they've been in because in this world um when you kill people essentially their life force gets rerouted back into energy Correct. for the current like people or whatever to use and and utilize as mm-hmm. a weapon um which is like a interesting concept number one to think about and like it's interesting how quickly um because vector makes a comment or, or made a comment in a couple episodes ago where he mentioned something like this too mm-hmm. so it's interesting how quickly they sort of have both adapted to like how this world works, at least like from a battlefield perspective. Um, Mm. Because way, way, way back when um, you see a different kind of example of this, I think, in when um, Kirito is in the academy. And if you remember when those two fucking like douchebag uh, elite disciples Mm -hmm. fucked up his flower field that he was trying to grow, and he uses life energy as like a form of Mm -hmm. a sacred art to basically regrow and give life back to the flower. So I like that there's like a, again, a callback to how this world works. And it's just a sign how well this world is thought out and utilized. Well, Alice used it too, if you remember, when um, they were fighting the, remember that? Yes. And that's like kind of where yes. this was introduced when, I, what is it, the other, the dark side, not the dark side. Um, dark territory. The dark territory, when they were fighting the dark territory yes, and like I, she was harvesting those souls and literally just fucking laser beam, like fucking, <laughs> just like, like fucking yeah. sun god, just boom, blast Yeah, so that's why I, re- that's right. I really do like how they've been integrating that whole where it's weird because you're in this like AI world where it's like they're, they're technically, like, it, it, that's the whole debate is if they're humans or not or are they considered human at what level do you draw that line etc stuff like that and it's it's actually kind of awesome how they're referring to these AI life forms 
as physical entities that even when they die, their energy still moves on in a plane that can be that can be accessed yeah. from other people and utilized. Like it makes it feel even more like they're genuine people. Like yeah. it really reaffirms that idea. And it's almost refreshing in a way. Like it's really cool. It brings like, I don't know. It just makes it awesome. You yeah, know, it, it, it ties does. it together. It really does. Nice. It really makes like, again, this world, which was created to sort of build, mm-hmm. you know, artificial to hu- to real human uh, lives more real and, and more like fleshed out. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so that was crazy, and then we get this. Basically, it's this literal like battle of wills here between um, Visago and Asuna. And right when Asuna's sword is about to get fucking cracked in half, mm-hmm. she gets another you know another kick, another boost from your girl Yuki, and sprouts those fucking giant ass fucking like battle ready <laughs> wings. Um, and then the next what minute forty five seconds is just straight god gorgeous animation oh, of dude. Asuna just whooping this thing that in was ass, so bro. Dope. I mean, she and I, I'm. I, I first I thought it was um the, like the stance that she takes at the beginning mm-hmm. looked very similar to Kirito's Volta that's Strike. That's what I initially yeah. thought too. So I was like, oh, that's a really cool callback. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like kind of either a mix between that and the Mother's Rosario technique, which she learned from Yuki. Yep. Um, or it was just the Mother Rosario technique, and like it, the stance just looked similar. Just looks similar. Um, but either way, yeah. So she gets that fucking you know that power boost and just literally puts. Whole Swiss cheeses, this nigga just oh. straight puts <laughs> holes in him, bro. He's got like one giant hole in his body, and like you know all these other fucking holes on him. Uh, um, and he was I mean, like that animation, yeah. sold it, bro. He oh, like when he gets thrown into the, I mean, it ultimately somehow doesn't matter, but yeah. he gets fucking, you know, he looks like he's done, yeah. and like Asuna. It, so it it's implied again earlier, and and just as what we were saying to. Uh, it's so great how they call back to stuff that the three goddess accounts that Asuna, Leafa, and Sinan are using. Mm-hmm are basically like, you know, top tier level accounts and they have all this access and ability to do stuff, but it come they all come at drawbacks. Mm-hmm. And so it draws on their natural, like their actual energy and their life force. So they can't just keep spamming the moves and stuff. Which makes sense to as to why they're all pretty much like fucking pinned down right now. I mean, we know where we left off with Sinon and she's literally legless, just yep, laying just on the laying in the ground yep. in the middle of nowhere. Um Leafa is is you know, fending off swordsmen, literally getting like, mm-hmm. m- you know, fucking skewers. Spears in the eyes. Yeah. And, shit, and then yeah. having to like revive herself every, you know, time something happens. And then Asuna is like basically almost paralyzed, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but when this happens, so after that, we think that Poe is down. Surprise, surprise, he's not. Yeah. He gets up and basically goes fucking, you know, overload, mm-hmm. overdrive mode and fucking just starts possessing all of the Red Soul, all except for our two, you know, I guess somewhat main. And it's funny because, like, they're, they're like, seemingly the only Japanese player. And, yeah, and it's like, all right, are just <laughs> Japanese people immune? Because, like, as far as we know, all the other players are American because that's what they made it seem like. And yeah, it's like, I, all right, so it's just it's, Japanese people. I think, well, the, the two, play, you know, the two people with the, the yeah. helmets off are Korean. Oh, are they crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, never yeah. mind. Um, but they, it's it's weird, and I guess it's like you know they're the you know the of the Red Knights, right? They're the representatives, right? Yeah. They're the main characters. Um, but it they don't. It's what's weird to me is I guess it's like a mental thing because they don't do anything really to establish the fact that like these two have a specific perk or something that would make them. Uh, more immune to his control. That or like probably some like weird willpower shit where it's like yeah, they, they have like a stronger will than all the other players who were just yeah, like really or playing like because the game because they naturally questioned it. Like that makes them Something yeah like maybe that. that's because I, I I understand what you mean why it's weird though. Like why why would that mindset allow them to be immune to this seemingly dark mass fucking weird shit going yeah, on? That's I would able to easily I would get it if it was else. like a literal mental game. You know mm-hmm. where it's like a lot of this stuff is conjured up in your mind, but like this world does deal with sort of like 
I guess like it, it deals a lot with like visualizing and materializing mm-hmm. mental images and stuff. Correct. So I get I, I could see like where they're going and I could see a, a plot thread for that. Um, it's just weird because it looks like nothing looks like it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, they're safe, but everybody else gets possessed and just starts going straight berserk. They start yeah. killing other Red Knights. They're killing, you know, Japanese. They're killing everybody. And so in all of this chaos, um, we flash back now to Kirito. So now mm-hmm. Kirito basically is after uh, Higa has basically like, you know, set the, the system or the operation to go, um, is taking all of the self-images from Asuna, Lifa, and Sinon and, you know, sending them into Kirito's uh, flucklight essentially to restart it. Um, and in order to do that, essentially Kirito goes through basically like a fast-forwarded track of his life and of yep. his memories. And this, I, so I haven't, I've been reading the light novel to this, like equivalent to the anime, mm-hmm. but what I've been doing is, I think I mentioned this before, I've been reading, I'm not reading ahead. So I'll watch like an episode of the anime and then I'll read the chapter of the light novels that that like episode correlates to. Yeah. Um, mainly because I've been hearing and seeing, I guess now, um, weird things that have been getting either left out or changed or cut out from okay. anime to light novel. Um, and one thing that I've been hearing a lot of people who re- have read the light novel um, reference is this episode is the moment when Kirito wakes up to like okay. they gotta do the scene right like this scene that's coming up like it's crazy yeah and I, I think they're referring to the scene we're about to get into a minute where when he's like going through some shit because mm-hmm. that was like just straight tough to watch um, so we flash back to Kirito and he's essentially like I said going through the fast track of all the memories and basically all of the hardships and all the things that he's had to do um, that are part of his trauma, right? That are part yep. of his burden. And so the first thing that we see is when he's with the original um, party, first party members that he meets in SAO. Correct. Um, so Sachi and gang, I forget their party name. Um, but it's, again, just a stark reminder that like Kirito, you know, Kirito as, as OP, you know, as a protagonist, as Kirito seems, or as, as Mary Sue, or as just like sort of Jesus Kuhn, like Kirito has been through some stuff. And exactly. I think this episode definitely highlights that like, while he has grown up physically, um, and mentally somewhat, um, and learn to grapple with it, it doesn't go away, right? That's yeah. not how trauma works. This stuff has always been embedded in him, and yeah. I think that's why Yu-Gi-Oh! specifically is such a, you know, one, a catalyst for this episode, but two, just a catalyst for Kirito because mm-hmm. it's been such a great thing for him to have, right, as, yep. as, a, as, a, um, as a lifeline, so to speak, Correct. quite literally, as we'll get yeah, into. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, so he's going through that, and he has to relive that. And, by the way, seeing this old scene... But like with the new animation from the current like SAO season was was pretty cool. Yeah, it really was, and it's funny because you can even see like his physical changes that goes along the way. Like, yes. like realistically, he hasn't like changed a lot. But even like the scenes when they like take a shot at his face, like he visually looks younger yeah. than what he does now, and it's really cool. Like you just get that reference point where it's like, damn, bro, you've been through a lot. Even I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. And it's, well, there it's there's awesome. a comment that they have made before where mm-hmm. Kirito like, you know, timing works differently in Underworld and the real world. So oh, Kirito yeah. has, like, actually, like, technically like, is now it, two years older than mm-hmm. everybody, like, of his current friend group. Um, so, yeah, it's cool that you can actually, like, see the fact that, like, the Kirito from SAO and Underworld are two different Kiritos, basically. Exactly. Um, so we get that scene with, with Sachi and everything, and you have to go through that and relive that shit again, which is rough. And then, basically, from there is quite literally a slideshow of all the moments when he's had to kill people. Mm-hmm. And I think, again... Some of the stuff that's like either downplayed or not really talked about much in the, in the correct light is the fact that like even when they were in SAO, like a lot of the you know um, laughing coffin and just any anybody that was a player that was killed was them killing somebody, mm-hmm. right? And they're not you know fucking Poe where they're reveling in this shit. Like it was purely a manner of survival, but like 
the even if you think about it, the, when they get out of SAO, like the school and shit that they went to, that was all they literally had to build a school for all the survivors of SAO because mm-hmm. all of those kids were tr- fucking traumatized because they exactly. just went through this thing. You know what I mean? So all of those people, Kirito included specifically, um, have basically PTSD from this, right? Mm-hmm. And like, so watching all those memories and seeing all the times where he had to make those calls um, is clearly like weighing down on him to the point of exhaustion. He's yeah. like, I can't do this anymore. I don't, I don't want to see this anymore. Like I'm done. I don't want to know what happens next. Just make it stop. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point where he starts to think like of all the people. Cause then the last scene that we see is when Yu-Gi-Oh Geo died. Yep. Um, that he, it should have been him, right? Mm-hmm. He starts feeling this um, like intense amount of like guilt and sort of, you know, like survivor's guilt and, and um, remorse. And he quite literally like just starts ripping his, his jacket off and like so, you you really like I. What I loved about this scene, and then the few minutes that follow, is exactly like the emotional punch that it was supposed to bring. Exactly. Right? Is that like this man is mentally, psychologically at the end of his ropes, yep. and he, I mean, like, dude, when he just starts like ripping into his body yep. and like tearing apart his what I'm assuming is like his fucking like rib cage and shit. <laughs> yeah, like one sound design. A one, <laughs> like, yeah, a little, a little too A one yeah, to the point where it's yeah. like we got to go into that back studio and see how the fuck they made those sounds. Yeah, because it's like I'm not there. sure they didn't kill a nigga in there. <laughs> it's like they come out and they're like, yeah, only three people died for that one scene. And you're like, three people? Like, oh shit, okay. Oh like, my god, yeah, but was it was, the, yeah. it was, yeah, it was rough. And then like, yep. it, but it it worked because something that I know, per, or at least the Sao has a tendency to do for me is like sort of go the extra mile in terms of visuals when it doesn't need to, mm-hmm. right? And and I allude to stuff like the a- ALO arc uh, the most um, in this. And, like, uh, I guess Gun Gale a little bit. Um, but this scene, I think, needed it. It really mm-hmm. needed it because it, it, it worked to show exactly where Kirito's mental state is and the fact that, again, just because Kirito has grown up and aged, that this trauma, like, he hasn't outgrown it. It's not mm-hmm. something that, like, he just gets over. It's something that's always been a part of his psyche and, quite frankly, might very well always be a part of his psyche. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we see that he's basically completely strung out, right? Yep. He's, he's you know, bleeding all over the floor. Mm-hmm. He literally is about to, like, rip his heart out. His hand is on his heart. Yep. And then you hear Asuna's voice, and slowly he looks up, and and everybody, all of the three people that you know were cued in from the um, what are the mach- the STLs this, yep. uh, machines, Asuna, Lifa, and Sinon yep. show up, and then it cuts back to the outside world real quick because he realizes that just the th- those three accounts aren't going to be enough, and they mm-hmm. need that one extra push of that one extra person that knows Kirito super well. Yep, and so happens he ends up getting a fucking you know a last minute uh, drop in from somebody in Underworld, yep. which we know is Yu-Gi-Oh. So this was really cool because again, any, I'm gonna be honest, anytime we get to see Yu-Gi-Oh, oh, it's amazing, plus, dude. Any, any like that's oh. Yu-Gi-Oh is, is best boy. Oh yeah, and so. What was great about this, it was nice because obviously, like I said, with the SAO stuff and all of the sort of trauma that Kirito's already lived with, there's even more added on to that with the fact of Yu-Gi-Oh, yep. right? He clearly feels responsible for Yu-Gi-Oh's death and blames himself for it um, because he feels like, because Yu-Gi-Oh was essentially his best friend. friend. He was his best yeah. man, you know? And so when, when Yu-Gi-Oh gave up their lot, his life for them, um, that was just like another, you know, yep. fucking added onto the pile. So it was nice mm-hmm. to have this moment where... UGO, I mean all of them, but specifically UGO gets to sort of affirm for Kirito and be like, no, it's all right. Like mm-hmm. this is the way things were. This is the way like they needed to be. Um, but like it's time, you know, it's time to get up. It's time to go yep. see your friends. And so we have this moment now where it cuts back out to the, you know, the actual fight in Underworld. And basically, um 
all the soldiers, like uh, Poe is basically fucking literally just latched on and controlled all the yep. soldiers. And he's like, all right, fuck it. Just, just spam them. Yep. Like just straight charge. Yep. And they're running in fucking trampling over everybody. And right as one of the red knights goes to fucking, you know, behead Asuna or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all like you hear, you see that Kirito's body is like start, he's starting to pick himself up by the sword. Yeah. And at this point, again, I was very fishy because I didn't know what the time code was on the episode. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, are we gonna like cut it and here right where it's here like some weird done, shit yeah, yeah, where it, like yeah, yeah. cuts it, whatever? Um, but they gave us the whole fucking kit and caboodle yeah. where he does the you hear him and UGO mm-hmm. simultaneously say the enhanced armament yep. and do the perfect weapon control of the blue rose sword and just straight freeze yeah. the whole field. And, everybody. And, and I love it because even before they started freezing everybody, you knew it was about to happen because like they had it when his eyes were opening and it's like, I smell the scent of like the blue roses flutter, like rose yeah. or something. Yep. And you were like, I already know what's about to happen. Like, <laughs> let's fucking go. And my man didn't even need to get up. He literally one hand in front of him, fucking sword down in the ground. That's all he needs to do. He doesn't even need to stand up. Honestly, he needs to just get a lawn chair, just fucking sit <laughs> there dude and then every fight just be like i'm lawn chair kirito just fucking smash people dude he doesn't even need to move or lawn no make, make a little fucking wheelie chair dude it'll just fucking wheel around why didn't they do that while he was vegged out this whole time just put him in like a little fucking what are those little electric chairs and i just, just had to like drive around of all the people. gotcha games that exist with like sword art that being like the new character lawn chair kirito and it's just like him in a chair but he's like yeah. holding the sword holding the sword dude fucking like green tea on his left hand dude just fucking just going to umbrella above the head dude i'm telling you that be oh a great my god game. i i fully that's all he needs to do yeah that's all he needs facts. to do i mean that was all he literally needed. yeah and everybody but poe is basically out for the count <laughs> yeah, exactly. and it says a lot where it's like all of these red knights have to be honest because obviously they're nothing special in terms of individuality but like just in sheer numbers have been yeah. straight out maneuvering uh our our crew here um in essentially one breath, Kirito is iced and leveled the playing field and yep. iced the entire army. Yep. And uh, it was just, it was it was great to see because, again, even when we're talking about stuff that's alluded to and the fact that they're tying in things from Underworld, um, enhanced, arm, enhanced armament and perfect weapon control is another feature that's mm-hmm. specific to this world that, like, is, is talked about. And it's like, oh, people can do it and you can sort of alter this and that. Um, and it, like, happens in different ways and different forms. Mm-hmm. And it's a connection between you and your weapon. Correct. Um, now that we know that UGO is essentially the Blue Rose Sword, it's, like, it's great to see that, like, they finally have become in sync now mm-hmm. and, like, it visualizes in that way. Um, so after that, Poe breaks out of the ice because, you know, he's got a little bit more plot armor than the rest of these yep. red knights. <laughs> a little bit. And um, he's like, all right, fuck it, Kirito's awake, let's go, let's do yep. this. And just starts jump, literally, like, jumping over everybody, yep. I feel like, to get to Kirito. Yep. And uh, so he jumps on top of everybody. Um, Stortelina, I think is her name, uh, jumps in front to try and yes. sort of, like, block him off. He says, fuck that noise, knocks her back Dude, into I everybody. I slice her in so half. Did I. Like, I, I was really sat scared. There and I was like, Ooh. I was like, girl, don't do it. Don't <laughs> yeah. jump on this bullet for yeah. everybody. Yeah. There's no need. Yeah. Kirito's awake. It's fine. Just give him like 10 minutes to brush the dust off his eyes and, and he's ready to go. Yeah. But uh, so she, he knocks her back. And then right as he's about to basically cleave through her and Asuna mm-hmm. and um, Ronnie, uh, you see like a giant hand puts a shield up. And yeah. at first I thought that was, um, which I guess it kind of was. Like way back when, when Kirito did that with Alice and uh, Berkeley, yes. when he was about to attack Alice to Correct. prove that in, so I th- I thought that was like a mental thing he was doing, which yes. like I guess it kind of was, but then it like visualized into like literally his hand essentially because he gets up and walks over to them and he puts his like you know his non-existent arm up, up to where the hand is and it Correct. visualizes and turns into his real hand, um and basically just straight hakai's this dude and blasts them all exactly. the way the fuck back, um. And then it's great because it ends with Asuna being like, Kirito, welcome back. And he's like, I'm back. And it's like, ugh. So what I really liked about that scene, like, in particular, was that it, 
initially, as soon as I saw him put his hand up, I remember if you watch live reaction or if we even have that in there, like I looked at him and I was like, that makes sense from what happened before. Yes. And why I like that more comparatively speaking and like other than if it was just his mental state was I had felt this whole time when, you know, people were getting hit around him and stuff like that. Like with Ronnie, for example, when he got pulled out, I'm like, if he has the mental capacity to essentially he was able to say or save Alice or a deflected bullet in that case, why wasn't he able to mentally avert other scenes and, you know, kill other people or prevent things from happening? I was really like, if it was a mental thing, he should be able to do it. It's Kirito. He's strong as shit. But the fact that they now allude to where it was just a manifestation of his hand being able to direct things and redirect things and, you know, create shields and all this stuff, it makes more sense to why he wasn't able to do other things in different scenarios that have occurred because he is so limited to the state of it only being his hand and, you know, restricted movements in that sense compared to where it would be like, oh, anything he thinks of because of his mental state, he could just appear and manifest or whatever. For me, it now makes everything come together in a better light. It makes right. it more yeah, understandable. Yeah. It's not just opinion. like a straight magic mental thing. It's not some like weird thing. things in thin air. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah, it is like, a, again, um, what I think this, this show and, and the world here does well is like this alluding to the idea that like, you can visual things you visualize can you can materialize them yes. right and and sort of there's this you know nice back and forth between those things, um, but yeah that was pretty much it like I said you you know we have that nice moment between Kirito mm-hmm. and Asuna at the end and then the episode ends, um, so one thing I was thinking about is that like there's only a few relatively speaking few episodes left and I'm just curious as to how they're going to tie everything up because mm-hmm. I feel like this world's end altar thing is going to be obviously the, the climax exactly right? yeah but um. Yeah, that's it. You know, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll um, see. And and it's like you kind of already know that that's what's going to happen. And what what I'm more curious about is what's going to happen in the real world because right now you obviously have um what's his name Higa. Yeah. Um, you know, he's obviously down in the dumps in that fucking rail system, and he's got to come all the way back up. And I wonder how it's going to tie together in terms of you know obviously Poe. You feel like he's going to die. He's going to come back into the real world. Is he just right. going to fucking like? create just new character go back another. in like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or is he gonna yeah, be like mentally done and be like all right like i ain't about this anymore like yeah, i'm yeah, wondering yeah. what that's gonna happen and then right. obviously with the whole alice's fuck like when she reaches the world at an altar and then physically it has to come up through one of the shoots like for some reason i really feel like it's not gonna come up through the like the shoot that we want it to yeah. i think it's gonna come into the main control room and other shit like i don't know i feel like they're gonna throw some twisty shit at the yeah end yeah there. they're gonna try and but, put um, a last like suspenseful a last suspenseful yeah. moment in there but, um, um dude no i'm pumped I'm yeah pumped. yeah it's gonna we'll, be uh, we'll definitely see all right guys that's gonna do it for this discussion uh thank oh, you yeah. so much for tuning in checking it out um okay. again tune in back next week for our net reaction to the next episode and our discussion mm-hmm. of that one um sort of wrapping up so i'm dope um, fighting dude it's gonna be a hypey one like, yeah, we yeah. already know next episode is gonna be like hopefully the cream of the crop yeah i right. i'm super pumped i can't fucking wait Let's fucking um, do it. but again uh if you guys like this make sure to like comment subscribe thumbs up and hit that notification bell helps a um, lot Make sure to follow our social medias. It's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yep. All of this stuff is linked in the description of this video. Yep. Um, and again, if you want to support us just a little bit more, we have a Patreon. That is AOA. It's patreon.aoa.com. Correct. Um, and that's it. That's about it, guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Till next time. Peace out. Peace. Peace.